0: We know the king who is Jesus Christ himself. He has died for sin and risen again. We know the one who brings an unbelievable life change to me that will last forever. So we're talking about being a light in this broken world. We're talking about what it means to step up before him. And you know, last week we launched this series And we talked about what it is to have our hearts on fire, God taking up presence within us and beginning to make a change. And as God doing amazing work in us, we can have a godly heart. We looked at what it means to have compassion and kindness and tenderness, to be able to be forgiving and bearing with one another. To be able to have our God offer up the clothing of love as he basically pours into our heart, fills us up, and it spills out to the streets. So we talked last week about a godly heart, what it is for God to make a change in us. This week we're going to talk about so what is it looking like when it spills out to the streets, when we're reaching out to another who can be a friend, what does it mean to be a godly friend? So, do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 27, starting with verse 1. And we're going to talk about being a godly friend today, having that godly heart that reaches out to another. Point number one a godly friend will care more for others than for self. A godly friend will care more for others than for self. There will be a self-sacrifice. There's going to be a one another's in all that we go after. A godly friend truly laying it on on the line for another. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. He says, don't boast about tomorrow. Don't brag, don't talk all about your plans of a man, you wouldn't believe what I got going on tomorrow. You wouldn't believe what I got going on next week. This is what I'm going to accomplish. Like, don't do that. He's like, be careful with talking in a bragging way, boasting. It literally means to bring glory, praise, or honor to yourself. He's like, don't do that. Don't look to be uh, celebrating you. Man, I've got this thing tomorrow that I'm doing. I've been planning it for a while. It is so awesome. I am a stunning person. You need to know what I'm accomplishing. Like, don't be boasting about self. It's a really big deal. It's one thing to be excited about something potentially coming up. It's another thing to be bragging about it. He's like, be careful. Make sure that you are not boasting and celebrating you, right? He says, for you do not know what a day may bring. Like we don't have any clue how tomorrow is going to look. We don't know what God's going to roll out. I think it's actually appropriate for us when we read this portion of it to put the huge emphasis on the word you. For you do not know what tomorrow brings. God knows, God knows exactly what's coming and being able to celebrate all that God's doing is awesome. But we don't know. We don't have it locked down. And uh, I wrote down this as I was thinking about it this week. When bragging about tomorrow, uh, we speak as if our plans make it sure. When bragging about tomorrow, we speak like our plans make it sure. Like there's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with even talking about it. We have announcements each week and we talk about what's coming up, but it's one thing to talk about what the plan is. It's another to be boasting and bragging in it. Be super careful that you're not trying to draw huge attention to yourself as you communicate what you're looking to accomplish, right? And so how should we say it? Well, James chapter four actually gives us a great understanding of it. It says, if the Lord wills, We should live and do this or that. Talk as if God is in the center of it. If God so wills, then that's what's going on. This doesn't mean you have to quote those few words in front of every single plan you talk about, but it does mean you have to have a heart that is centered on my God's got it in hand. I am leaning on my God. If the Lord wills, then we're gonna be going after this and, and so holding it loosely because God's got it in hand, right? He's like, make sure that you're not walking around bragging about all that you're accomplishing. And then he says, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. He's like, don't try to communicate to everybody how awesome you think you are, right? Hopefully this is really obvious, But honestly, when you think about it, walking up to somebody and making sure that the first thing you say is stories about you is actually beginning down this path. When you walk up and you're like, dude, you need to know me. Like, here's the things that I've done. You should see what I did yesterday. Do you know what happened when I, right? Telling stories like that, that draw attention to self and look to brag and praise on self. Man, may we be careful not to use our own mouth to brag and lift us up. May we use our mouth to actually lift up another in encouragement and talk through it that way. We have to be super careful that we don't love to tell stories about me. Right? Be cautious with that. I just wrote these words down. Work for God's honor, not your own. Work for God's honor, not your own. When you do things, when you talk about things, look for God to be the one that is celebrated. Or maybe here's another way to say it. Work for God's appreciation, not others. All too often, we long for somebody else to like me. Or Maybe we even long for somebody else to think highly of me. And so I begin to tell stories because I want them to think things of me. I'm grinding for their appreciation. Man, that is a terrible, everybody say that's a terrible plan. It is. It's a terrible plan. And America is built on trying to get this. You don't think so? Take a look at Facebook right? Like it's always about this is how awesome I am. This is what's great with me. This is what's going on. You should know me more and be careful with what we're going after. May God get all the glory. It is about his honor, his appreciation. Make sure your words, your actions are looking towards caring for others, not celebrating yourself. And you work hard as to the Lord, May God get all the glory and let others encourage you when they so choose. I'm just telling you, when you walk in a room and you try to get praise to come at you and then somebody says, no, you're right, you did do a good job, great job on that. It's not as rewarding as when somebody actually comes up, maybe there's a a good long period of time since you've heard the appreciation and the thanks. But when that thanks comes, it's very timely. In fact, you'll be shocked how God can so often use that where you're in a little bit of a down moment and God stirs somebody to come along in just the right time to be able to say to you in just the right way, hey, thanks for what's going on with, this was so influential in my life and thanks for, you were great with, And you just say, hey, thanks, I appreciate that. In fact, I always love to say, hey, I appreciate that. Praise God. Like, get it back to him as fast as you can. So about honoring him, praise God. Just a sweet opportunity to be a part of that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm just telling you, moments of somebody giving a little bit of appreciation at just the right time, and you seeing God's hand all over the timing of that, because you were starting to slide down, and it starts to pick you up a little bit, it's a sweet worship moment. Thank you, God, for those words. Thank you for that timing. Like, let's not run around trying to fan the flame on everybody love me, right? Let's care for others, and let's let God manage the rest, and how the the encouragement rolls is how it rolls. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, right? Maybe let's put it this way. Let's not enter a room looking for an audience. Let's enter a room looking for ministry, who can I care for? How can I celebrate God? How can I take care of others? And if you look in, walk into a room looking for an audience, I'm telling you it's gonna lead to certain specific ways of talking, of interacting with a lot of attention draw. Let's be careful about it. Maybe here's another way to say it. Learn to ask questions rather than just tell about self. Oh, oh, oh here's another great thing about me. Here's another thing I thought. Here's another thing I had going on. How about this? So what are you thinking? How was your week? What are you guys doing this weekend? What do you do for vacations? I don't know. What color do you like? I don't know. Whatever. Just talk to people, right? Communicate. Learn a little bit about them. Your hope in the end, you know you've done a good job if when you're walking away, they haven't just learned more about you, but you've also learned more about them. Ready? And all of God's people said... Make sure we care for others in the midst of our walking through life. And then it says, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty. Now, you might be like, this is a topic change right? It kind of feels like a shift, and, but we'll get to it in just a second. He's like, a stone is heavy, sand is weighty. Stone and sand are the things they built with. And they were heavy, like picking them up and moving them over. They were heavy, heavy, heavy. And he's like, yeah, stone is heavy, sand is weighty. But a fool's provocation is heavier than both. The weight of a fool smacking down on you hurts. A fool Best understood maybe to say a self-entertainer, self-satisfier. They're the ones who always want it to be about me. It's got to feel good. The fool walks into the room saying, I need a feel-good fix, right? And their provocation, it means they're putting down, they're attacking even. Provocation is jumping you so that I can feel better. And the provocation of a fool stings, it hurts. Be careful with the tease. Be careful with the talk with others. Make sure that you first and foremost are caring for them and lifting them up. He says it's heavier than both. The weight of the soul stung is a heavy, heavy weight. He's like, man, let's be careful. Let's take care of each other. Let's walk through it together. Then he says wrath is cruel anger is overwhelming wrath in fact this word in the original language is more like uh fury like a rising up in an aggression It's cruel the goal is destruction wrath rises up to destroy to put in place and and it uh, brings a harshness and a hurt and anger is overwhelming all too often when we talk about anger We like to justify it at first, but the reality is as anger takes over in our life, it overwhelms us. It washes on our shore, we give it a little ground, and then all of a sudden it's taking over in my life. And then my anger washes on somebody else's shore because I'm raising up and now they're hurt. And anger, it can tend to be very overwhelming. In fact, I just wrote this down. Top five reasons we get angry. Let's make sure we understand anger a little bit it can really get the better of us. And we better know and understand. And I'll just say, one of these is obviously a very good thing, and then the others are usually just not, okay? Here we go. Top five reasons we get angry. Number one, uh, it impacts God's honor. Like rising, this is righteous indignation right? I can't believe you're standing up against God like that. We rise up into to defend the honor of God, to defend the character of God. This honestly, this is Jesus at the money table, money changer tables. When he flipped him over, he was bringing some anger to do not step on the greatness and the glory of my God, right? That is a huge deal. Um, just to be super clear, this is almost never us, Right? Yeah, and all of God's people said, all right, don't leave me hanging out there. This is never us. We're like rarely. We try to be, we would love to be righteous indignation. We usually spill into the other areas. So here we go. Uh, area number two, uh, it impacts my honor. This is kind of the, oh, no, you didn't right? This is how dare you treat me that way. Do you know you just said I was wrong, right? And then our anger rises up. And as we rise up in anger trying to defend self, I can't believe you just implied me. I think you. And now all of a sudden it becomes attack as we push down on. And uh, it impacts my honor and uh, Huge problem on that one, by the way. The number one one, right? It impacts God's honor. That usually comes with some sweet, sweet moment. And by the way, that also would continue to have love and care and kindness and gentleness and yet an expression of what's wrong and needs to stop, right? And that's how you know you're actually having a loving anger response, right? Ephesians 4, be angry and sin not. And it should have said right after it, which is not easy, right? Uh, Toying with anger and assuming you can use that tool well, be careful with that, right? We got to be cautious with our anger. And uh, point number three, it impacts my family or my friend's honor. Like it impacts God's honor. It impacts my honor, the third one. It impacts my family or friends, people I know. Do not hurt them. I'll hurt you if you hurt them, right? We got to be super careful with that motivationally. And, uh, or here's a fourth one. It impacts my pleasure. It impacts my pleasure. Do not mess with my relaxation, right? Or how about this? Hey, this is too loud in here. I need it to be quieter in the home. And the anger rises up, right? And, uh, and you just get a lot of parents who are kind of like smiling and looking away and around. And all of God's parents said, Right? The reality is we start hearing the volume, and it's great for a little while. We love our kids enjoying life. And then it's time to be done enjoying life. (laughs) Bring it down a little. Right? And like be careful with it. We just have to be very cautious when our anger rises up just to protect our pleasure. Man, may we put that in check. And here's the last one. It impacts my fears. And this may be the biggest one. It impacts my fears this could get so bad if, and so we rise up and dump our anger on it. When our fear is managing the day, just so you know, our anger will be all over the place. We're going to be hitting here and hitting here and hitting there because what if, what if, what if, and we rise up in fear and we press down with anger and control, trying to keep it in check. And It impacts our fears. Man, may we be very careful that fear does not rule the day, that comfort does not rule the day, that making my honor the top does not rule the day. May God get all the glory and all of God's people said A huge call out. And he says, wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Who can stand before jealousy? Why does he say this? Well, the fuel... Behind a lot of it, jealousy actually, in the original language word, it's talking about the things that I own, the things that are about me. So let's just make sure we understand the difference between jealousy and envy, right? So jealousy, what I own, envy, what you own. So like, don't talk to my girlfriend, jealousy. I want his girlfriend, envy, right? You see the difference? And he's like, jealousy, the things where we start to say, this is mine, and I got to protect it, and I start to get all mine-oriented, that's when the my spills out into my anger all over the place. And it's about my honor, and my possessions, and my fears. Got it? And he's like, be careful. Jealousy fuels the flame on me a lot, and we need to be careful with it. May we care for those around us. May we long for them to be cared for in a gentle way. May we use proper words. May we ask questions about how they're doing that God might get all the glory. May we be a godly friend, not celebrating self, but celebrating Christ and caring for others. And all of God's people said, it's a huge call. And uh, you know, this past week, we were actually talking to Pastor Abraham uh, out in Haiti and love being able to connect with him here and there. And Skype was mostly working, we'll put it that way, as you're talking to Haiti, it's kind of amazing that you can even get anything like that up and going, and so we were talking with him uh, remotely, and we had some video elements, so we were able to see him, and he could see us, And, and we were talking through what life was like, and he was sharing and smiling as he always is, and as we walked it through with Pastor Abraham, he was talking about how hard things were in Haiti, especially for this one church just outside the capital city, and some of what was going on, and maybe a little bit of the generosity of situation and and, uh, then Pastor Steve said, um, hey Abraham, you've shared a lot of what's going on with others and, and a little bit with you, but we really don't honestly know how to pray better for or come alongside. Tell me a little more specifically about you and where you guys are at. And tears welled up in his eyes and he took a deep breath and he said, I don't like to speak poor of my country. And I don't like to speak for poor of the people that we're living with here, but it is bad right now. It is bad, bad. He's like, just so you know, we've gone without power for over a month here in Jack Mallet. This is Jack Mallet, a major city. We've gone without power for over a month. We've gone and we bought uh, like a, a transformer set to be able to try to make our own electricity and work some of that, but we're even having problems with that and that costs some money. And then our truck broke down and the only way to get it fixed is to get it to Port-au-Prince, but that is a super dangerous place. That's the capital where all this um, kidnapping and murdering is going on in Haiti. And so we've got it over there, but it's costing us huge money. And, and then we're like, tell us a little more about what's going on with the church up uh, outside of the capital, and they said they they can't work. There, there's there's no way to work because the gangs are taking over and the boutiques are shut down and all the rest of it. And so they literally have to just get out. There's no money. There's no income. They're getting away to families' homes. They don't have the ability to survive, and they're not able to make cash to survive. And uh, tears are in our eyes as we're hearing him tell this story. And I and just said, Pastor Abraham, let's be specific. How much money does it take to help each family in this church that's just outside of the Capitol? And, and you know, they make a lot less money there and are able to get along with. But he said, honestly, here's about the number. And we kind of worked up a number for this church of about 200. And uh, the number probably comes in somewhere in the 10 to 15,000 range right away. And Abraham, what's it cost for the truck? And it's another six to eight thousand and a couple thousand for the transformer and some others for care. And by the time this gets done, we're probably in the forty to fifty thousand dollar range of needs going on. And and I turned to Steve and I'm like, it's time we gotta do it right now. And so, praise God, man, your guys' faithful giving allows us to lavish in in these missions arenas and pour it on to be able to care. So we called the other churches that are part of working with Haiti as well, some stateside churches, and they're partnering in as well. And so we're going to partner together and make sure that's covered right away. Please hear me. That is because of your love and faithfulness in your regular giving that we're able to pour it on and care in there, God get all the glory, and all of God's people said, amen, man. So we're going after that right away this week, and I'm just telling you, if there's more needs that come, we may be coming to the body and saying, we've got to do something massive to be able to help down there, to be able to come alongside. By the way, if you're wondering, how do you get money to people in Haiti? So you end up getting it down to one bank that's open in Jack and They actually have an app on the phone. Everybody's got a phone with this app all over the country because all the banks are shut down and it's basically like a Venmo kind of thing. And uh, I forget what it's called, like Moan mower or something like that. And uh, you can send to those things very directly. And so we're able to care right into family by family by family through the pastors and them having contact, right? So let's just do this. Let's throw a pick up of Pastor Abraham, just so you guys get a little bit of a gist. This uh, church is the church in Jacmel. There's over a thousand people that are attending this church, walking to church every week. This is Jacmel Haiti going on there and Pastor Abraham in the corner there and he's just always smiling like that. That's just Pastor Abraham. Constant smile no matter what's going on. Man, may we be a friend. May we ask questions and hear what's going. Don't have light, superficial talk and not know the depth of the hurt and the pain and how we can participate. And all of God's people said, man, are you ready to be that kind of friend to someone in your life? reaching in caring compassionate asking questions laughing together and giving where needed and are you ready to not walk in a room looking for an audience but instead to walk in the room looking for ministry caring for those around you okay point number two point number two a godly friend will be truthful and trustworthy a godly friend will be truthful and trustworthy. It says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. You might be like, I don't know. I'd rather have hidden love. <laughs> open rebuke sounds a little rough. Like, and the meaning behind this is not like just pummeling down hurting, right? But it's like truth brought that cares for your soul. It is understanding the God who can bring a word and rock your world and stepping in carefully and lovingly and saying, here is some truth to be able to share into your soul and care for you. Man, this passionate, truthful caring. He's talking about instead of hidden love. You know, like, I have feelings of warmth for them. I've never told them that I like them. I've never told them I appreciate. I've never told them thank you. I've never encouraged them. I've never even gone over and done much for them. But man, do I have a warm fuzzy. He's like, not that. Like, care for, reach out. Even if it's a rough word that might need to be said in a tough moment because you love them. And then he follows it up. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And uh, it's a huge deal that we grasp. Tough words shared, friend to friend because of caring. Such an important part of life and ministry. This is a huge part of our impact group experience as we spend time together caring for one another. And it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'll just say it this way. Uh, Let's define friend. A friend is not someone, everybody say not, is not somebody so messed up that they just pull you down. That is ministry, not a friend. Make sure you know the difference in those two words. A friend is someone where you come alongside and they lift you up and you lift them up. You're both serving God and running after him. A friend is one who so loves the Lord and you are impacted because of it to the positive, right? It's a huge deal. Ministry is caring for somebody who maybe is pulling down. It's not wrong to have ministry. It's not wrong to be kind. Just make sure you've got it in its right bucket so you're not leaning on them to try to lift you up and instead they pull you down, right? Make sure you've got that. So friend, this is uh, somebody who is uh, not messed up. They're, they're walking with the Lord. Here's another way to say it. A friend is one who loves the Lord, loves you, and will stand by your side. That's a friend. A friend is one who loves the Lord, loves you, and will stand by your side. Hey, high schoolers, college age, a friend is one who loves the Lord loves you and will stand by your side. And make sure you know the difference between friend and ministry. especially when you're walking through the schools and you're interacting with others, great to be able to impact, but know the difference between friend and ministry. May God get all the glory. And uh, wounds, this is like, it hurts a little, But it was needed that's why faithful are the wounds of a friend they're sharing words that help bring you closer to the lord and uh i'll just say it this way anyone can wound but wounding for the purpose of growth that's a friend for the purpose of destruction that's an enemy be careful and know the difference right he says profuse are the kisses of an enemy I don't think I really want to be around that enemy. Kissing me all over the place. Like, I'm not really good with that. But profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And what's he really saying? They're lavishing on the encouragement. It's always all rosy and good. Everything is great. There's never anything wrong. They're selling something. Be careful. Good friendship comes alongside of one another and sees both the up and the down and works together through it. Selling something through massive positive only is a problem. He's like, be careful, the enemy walks in and they're just constantly selling the, oh, no, 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 dude, we're great. You're great, we're great, I'm great, everything's great. Be careful with that guy, right? And that's great, if you're an encourager and you love encouragement, awesome. Just remember to know what truth is, okay? And it says, one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Like, I don't know if I really need to say much more than that. Let's just say it in our modern day terms. Man, don't go shopping when you're hungry. That's all he's saying. He's like, just be careful. Once you're hungry, you want anything and everything. And, And even when it comes to friendship, be careful with and yeah. Just watch out when our hunger streaks are raging. It's hard to say no, right? He says, like a bird that strays from the nest is a man who strays from his home. Like a bird who strays from his nest, his home, is safety, is a man who strays from his home. And be careful where you find your entertainment. Be careful where you find your connections, your friendships. And guys, be careful for the amount of time you spend maybe in video gaming or onlining and connecting. Is that person somebody who's gonna be lifting you up or tearing you down? Is it taking you in the wrong direction? Be careful if the connect is, hey, let's just all go meet at the bar or wherever and it's going to be a very rough moment. Be careful with where you wander off to and connect friendship-wise. May God get all the glory. He says, oil and perfume make the heart glad. Like we tend to take in smells and it kind of warms our heart and it makes us uh, kind of feel and sense. Like we are aware of smell and scent. I mean, I'm not. I don't have any smell, right? After the surgeries, I don't have smell and, and it doesn't warm my heart to have any smell going on because I don't notice it. But for y'all, when you notice it, like I'm glad it's good for you, and the oil and perfume, like it warms the soul. It brings along this warmth in the midst of it and it says, um, and the sweetness of a friend comes from the earnest counsel. The sweetness of a friend is in the truth-bearing, love-giving, faithfulness. Never leave your side. Stand with Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory. There is a warmth to the soul because you have a friend. Man, make sure you know those who love the Lord those who love you and care for you, and those who are willing to stand beside you no matter what. Those who can bring a, a word, maybe even a tough word, to be able to bring you along in your journey with Christ and help you love others as well. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, so why don't we do this? Why why do we get so wrapped up in anger and why do we walk away from love and why do we sell an overcooked just encouragement phase and oftentimes it's because of our fear so may we grasp this we know the god who is the god who has all authority we know the king who is Jesus Christ himself he has died for sin and risen again we know the one who brings an unbelievable life change to me that will last forever. May I set down my fear and pick up my worship. May I go to the God who has the word, the one true word, the accurate. Every time God speaks, it is right. May I come to my God, may I worship him, and may I share out from that relationship to those around me. May I be one who loves the Lord and all of his authority, and then loves those around me and stands by their side. Are you ready to be a friend? And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. Let's pray.